Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh. This is episode number 36. This week on the episode, I talk with John Carter of the band Telltale. And these guys are just absolutely killing it right now. They've got new music that they're working on. They've released some new singles here lately, and they're just really on the right path. And with COVID, you know, fucking everything up, um, you know, it's hard to say that that a band has a great vision for uh, the way that they need to progress, but Telltale's definitely working on it. Um, In the conversation today, we talk about kind of his upstart with the band. Um, We talk about mental health, the new music, plans for hopefully an album uh, getting finished and everything here soon, thanks to COVID, starting to dissipate. Um, But yeah, it it was a great conversation. I really appreciate him taking the time to uh, talk to us and and be so open and, and candid. You know, I hope you guys are enjoying these interviews the way that I do them instead of just reading a list of 10 questions. Um, but yeah, it's a great conversation and we're going to dive right into that. So here's my conversation with John Carter of Telltale. We're just going to kick off with, you know, your name, what you do in the band and just a, a little bit of background on yourself. Yeah, um, my name is John Carter. I sing in a band called Telltale. Um, well, I, I say I sing. I do a lot more than sing. I, I write and uh, do all of our creative work. Um, that being said, I come from a background in graphic design, went to college for, uh, for digital arts. Um, so we keep a lot of our, our design work in-house. Um, handle a lot of our creative branding. So it's all very uh, self-made. That's one thing I always try to say about the band is that we, uh, we're we not subbing out anything creatively. We like to uh, keep our ideas ours. Um, but I'm 22 and I do still live in Richmond, Virginia where I went to school. Right here on the East Coast at the forefront of all things socio-political. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> And it's uh, it's a beautiful day here. It's nice and nice and sunny. Great day for an interview. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, so yeah, let's. You know, one of the things that you said there that I definitely want to touch on is is doing things in house. You know, kind of the the DIY mentality. Um, I think it it's been lost for a number of years. You know, the obviously the goal for anybody is to get signed to a major label because obviously your your exposure level goes up, but. How important is it to you guys to kind of like you said, control the image, control what you're you're putting out um, on social media and stuff like that? I think uh, it is of the utmost importance, honestly. Um, You're seeing this really great resurgence in the music community of an appreciation for that right now. You have all these like uh, bedroom indie artists out there like uh, Claro, Jeremy Zucker. Um, That's like the type of stuff I'm listening to right now Mm -hmm. who they've essentially done everything for themselves from the ground up. And, you know, finally just now they're getting picked up by these major labels. But people are really starting to recognize that, especially with this, uh, I guess, advent of technology. 
where everybody can, you know, make their own videos on TikTok and create their own content, um, where there's like, I don't want to say no need for outside creatives anymore, but you can take care of so much more of it yourself. So why, why would you sacrifice the vision being your vision? Um, I don't know, for the sake of having a big name in on it. Yeah. You know? um, and it's it's been really great for us. I mean, we, we do have a team of people that we always like to work with who if I or one of the other guys isn't able to quite take a product to the level we want it to be at, um, we, we have people that we bring in who can maybe do that job a little better, you know, photographers, um, producers. We have one specific producer who I like to say is the, the fifth member of our band um, that we consistently work with just because he has this great set of ideas and different perspectives on what music should sound like. Yeah. That always uh, brings our ideas together. But for the most part, uh, we, we like to keep our ideas ours. And I think personally, just uh, in my own humble opinion, that's something that bands should really strive for. Um, if you're having other people write your songs for you, it's not really your band now, is it? Yeah, yeah, and that's something I've talked to, you know, a lot of artists about um, is kind of the the mentality that goes into singing somebody else's words. You know, there's, there's a little less connection, a little less passion, um, specifically around the songwriting standpoint of it, you know, where if it's something that you guys wrote, that you've been through, you know how to portray those, those emotions and that feeling um, versus yeah, you can read and understand somebody else's words, but you don't know what their mentality was when they went through the situation or whatever. Definitely. And it's, uh, it's interesting for us because I'm not, I want to say that I'm, I'm not a glory hog. I'm not the only one being the vocalist. I'm not the only one who writes the lyrics for our band. I like to see what um, the other, the other guys are thinking about what's on their mind at the time, because they're all actually pretty incredible poets. Um, they have a lot to say in, in a beautiful way. Um, so often they'll present me with a lyric spread and it's, it's interesting because it's about a 50, 50 split. Um, 50% of the time, I just have no personal connection to it. And that usually winds up not going into a song because I just can't get my heart behind it. Mm -hmm. But then the other 50% of the time, you know, it, it is something that I can relate to very personally. And uh, their, their words and their ideas wind up actually taking form into songs as well. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, so first we'll touch on the, the last release that you guys did, um, your, your last full-length uh, album. So let's talk a little bit about kind of the process there. You know, um, what what was the, I guess, the process for you guys when it comes to writing and recording and, you know, kind of trying to get the masters together? How collaborative is it? Or, you know, do, do you guys kind of split up on we're going to go write guitar parts and what we come up with is what we come up with? You know what I mean? Yeah, so we, we always like to be in the studio together um, when we start like reaching that point where it's um, a mixture of all the final elements, you know, finishing it up with the, the production element, that sort of thing. Um, but this song in particular, it's a lot older. We actually recorded this one when we were doing our first major EP, Timeless Youth. Um, and 
this we always kind of wanted it to be the last song that we put out we sort of had this goal of like uh, i guess you could say a one-year album cycle mm-hmm. you know put out the initial ep and then followed up about a year later with this track uh with the other two singles in between um but for this song in particular it was actually different than a lot of the other songs on the record um because it started with just me writing it out acoustically this one is very much my own song um and of course when we did reach that final production element it was all four of us in the studio making sure that it sounded right fleshing it out into a full band piece but from its conception it was really just an acoustic song and even way back when i I thought it might actually go on the record as an acoustic track and uh we we decided not to so much do that that this version uh, it, it felt right it felt better um, with the added elements and uh our producer zach started playing around with this little little spliced vocal effect that vocal effect that recurs throughout the the piece mm-hmm. um and as soon as i heard that because he had sort of layered that over the acoustic track um but as soon as i heard that little vocal effect it, it became pretty apparent that it, it needed that that full band sound with the backing of, of the standard four piece drums bass uh guitar yeah. And it, it just came together very well. But um, this was the, the first song that we wrote during that session. We, we came down to Zach's place for a, a little little demo writing week. And this and Rose, um, the other, I guess you could say, big single, um, were the very first two that actually came about. Awesome. Awesome. So um, with the, the new track, Won't Be Me, um, talk about kind of the the story behind it because you've been quoted on saying that you know it's it's very personal but at the same time you want people to to understand that you're not alone you know this is something that that a lot of people have seen so i think that's the beautiful part about music is you can write very introspectively um you can write something that's really just for you Um, and for your own personal benefit to sort of uh, get it out in a cathartic way. And other people are going to latch on to that as long as it's an idea that holds true for a lot of people across the board. And especially in the music world, so many people do struggle with those frequent mental health uh, complications, those mental health issues, various disorders, that at a broad spectrum, I think this song does apply to a large number of people. Um, but at the end of the day, that's kind of how I write all of our songs, is I, I write them for me. They're for, from personal experience, they're personal stories, personal anecdotes. And I just kind of hope that they apply to other people's lives in a, in a meaningful way. And maybe they, they share some of those incidents, some of those experiences. Yeah. And I, I think that's, um, you know, apparent throughout that song in particular and some of the the old stuff off of uh i say old stuff but off of uh timeless youth and and just i think it's the the way that you project um kind of the the artistry behind it i guess is the way i want to put that is you know you write in a, a lyrical fashion that is easy for people to on a first listen connect to that song and not have to necessarily deep dive into it yeah i don't I want it to almost be surface level in a way so that people can take it in like that. Um, the, the songs with these great deeply woven metaphors and uh, various other literary elements, what have you, <laughs> um, they're, they're great. 
they are, and it's it's nice to see um, see that that sort of poetic quality. Um, but something being presented at surface level can also uh, sort of be beautiful in that way. Like one of my favorite poets ever, uh, Ruby Cower. Um, her stuff is honestly just so face value. It's so blunt. It's in your face, but it, it's beautiful. Right. And that's definitely something that you, you're absolutely right. I, I strive for when writing our stuff. Awesome. Um, so because of the, the subject matter of this song, let's touch on, on the mental health status a little bit and kind of, you know, it's always been a passion of, of mine. Um, and it's been more and more prevalent uh, over the last probably two or three years, I've, I've been a little more adamant about speaking up about different things and, and my own struggles and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, like, for me, within the music industry specifically, and obviously it's throughout society, but, you know, I think so often in the music industry side of it, people see you on, you know, TV or YouTube now instead of MTV, but, um, you know, YouTube or wherever... And they're like, oh, man, that person's got it made. Like, they don't understand a lot of times that they're still a person. You know what I mean? They can't make that that association. How important is it for you to be able to uh, kind of take a, a, a moment for yourself, in a sense, and deal with what you have in your own life so that you can put up that show and, and that stage? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I was kind of talking to um, Josh from Rock Sound about this when we did our interview before the release. And one of the things that he said to me was that it, mental health is a journey. It's not, it's not so much a destination. Um, so, you know, being an artist and having this really great platform and being able to go out and, and play shows for all these people and, and experience that rush and that sort of sense of fulfillment, um, at the end of the day, you're going to go back to your tour bus, you're going to go back home, whatever have you, and it's still you in your head. I mean, anybody is going to experience successes in their life, anybody is going to experience failures, and no matter what those successes might be, they, they can build you up, they can bring you to a high point for, for a minute, for a second there, um, but it's not really going to change what's going on inside of you. That's that's something you have to personally take up and something you have to personally tackle. Um, for a really long time, I kind of thought that I could just fill that space with accomplishing things and, and reaching goals, but it's, that's a temporary fix. It's, it's good to have those objectives in your life and to, to pursue things that make you happy and make it uh, better, per se, but at the same time, that's not really getting to the root of the problem. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I talked to Chad from To Write Love on Her Arms. He's their community and outreach um, director and manager. And he said kind of the same thing. Him and him and Jamie came up with this thing a while back about how mental health or life in general is a story. So, you know, this may just be a chapter in your story, but there's, it doesn't mean that it's the end, you know, just because one bad thing happens or one bad person comes into your life, that's just a chapter in your story. You can move past it. So I think that's kind of the, the same thing with the journey. You know, there's going to be pit stops along the way where maybe it's not the best view or, you know, it's not the most scenic place or you're going to have a car that breaks down. But at the end of the day, it's not the end of, of everything. 
Absolutely. I, I really loved, um, well, I really love that idea in general, but um, the, the semicolon tattoo yeah. that everyone was really doing for a while, and I, I still see a lot of people getting it, a lot of people doing it, but uh, it's very co- concurrent with that idea. Um, and I, I think that's just like a very special way of, of outwardly showing that that's a mindset that you believe in. Um, yeah. It's a tattoo I've really wanted for a while now. <laughs> right, right. And I, th- I think, like you said, it also kind of maybe consciously or maybe even subconsciously, it, it also creates that community. You know, if you saw somebody else with that semicolon tattoo, it's like, okay, I'm not alone. You know, like that person is going through some sort of journey themselves so maybe there's something there you know maybe we can connect absolutely the the community aspect of it is so important we recently so we have a uh a telltale group chat on twitter actually with uh like a large portion of of the main fan base of the band and um i sort of went in there right before this release and was like hey i would like i know a lot of you um deal with with us struggling mental health um i'd really like this to be a space where you can feel safe and everybody can talk openly about the things that are on their mind and maybe we can offer insight to each other and it's been honestly incredible to just watch these you know 50 60 people who like really believe in the band talk to each other more openly about their mental health and really be there for each other throughout it um it's it's been just just a little something that sort of uh brightened my hopes for people caring about each other in that regard yeah and you know the the press release that becky gave me you know you you guys mention um it looks like to write love on our arms hope for the day um you know you you guys are very aware of kind of some of the outreach programs and stuff and um you know like i said it's been a focus for me i actually signed up for the heart support master class so um Jake Lurs of August Burns Red had created heart support back in, I forget now, like 2011 maybe. Um, but it's kind of it kind of similar to to write love on our arms and and things like that and hope for the day where it's it's a music based community around um, self injury awareness, addiction, all that sort of stuff. And uh, the reason I signed up for the class is exactly what you're talking about is that community and I wanted to be a part of that community and kind of get some insight on how we can impact it whether it's through these podcasts or you know putting on shows or whatever it may be like there's to me you know mental health has been stigmatized for far too long and it's time to really take a change on it and let people know it it's okay to not be okay you know things are are going to be fine at the end of it and there's people that want to help you and that have been through similar situations. Most certainly. It, it's really cool having grown up with Warp Tour mm-hmm. to see the, the path that that's taken. And I think that's honestly why we as a band are so aware of these organizations is because of that community and the effort that they put into bringing awareness to these nonprofits and taking them out on the tour with them. Um, and it's really nice to see that that people are carrying that on along with the the festival mindset. Yeah. Um, like I was at Sad Summer last year. Um, so unfortunate that they're not doing it this year, but it'll it'll get pushed back and it'll happen again. They but, actually um, just announced uh, next year's dates, so uh, they're going to do it really in July of next aware. year. Yeah. 
very exciting. Is it the, the same roster of artists? Yep. They, it looked like everybody that was already slated is still going to be um, on those dates. So no major issues or conflicts. Exceptional. Yeah. But um, uh, staying on track. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, went last year and they had a Hope for the Day tent mm-hmm. set up. That was one of their major nonprofits, and I think the name was directly partnering with them uh, for the summer. And so to see that Warp Tour sort of left that lasting impact of putting a focus on nonprofits and making sure that there is an awareness for those those mental health organizations uh, still existing, it was very nice to see. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know if you've met Johnny, but uh, the founder of of um, Hope for the Day, but he's an incredible person, and to hear him talk every single time, it's it's super inspiring. And I was actually at um, Warp Tour in Noblesville, Indiana, and it was the day that Chester Bennington had committed suicide. And uh, wow. yeah, so he had he had come out on stage for uh, right before Neck Deep's set and gave a little speech and told people that you know this is what happened. This. But we're not going to be, you know, we're sad, but we're not going to be sad about it. We have to celebrate everything else. Um, and it was really cool. I, I definitely think that you're hitting the, the nail right on the head that without Warp Tour, I don't know what kind of contribution some of these organizations would be able to make because Warp Tour did take such a big chance on them and say, we believe in this. We believe this is an issue. How can we help? Most certainly. Yeah. Most certainly. And I, I do hope that it, it continues to be that way with the various touring festivals, uh, partnerships with tours, even if it's just one organization specifically partnering with a tour. I mean, that's something I would personally love to do on a, on a level just relating to our band. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So now that we've had the, the sad part of this, let's, uh, <laughs> let's change gears a little bit. Um, let's talk about you know, the, the process, obviously 2020 got super messed up with COVID. Um, so a lot of plans, you know, went, went to shit, canceled tours, canceled music videos, all sorts of stuff. Um, as things are starting to, to open up and kind of, we're seeing hopefully a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, what are kind of your plans and the band's plans for the remainder of 2020? Is it, primarily writing and recording is there some hopes that you're going to get out and do some some tour stuff the uh the hope for a tour is always there uh truthfully nothing has really manifested itself yet um but it is still a little early to tell i know there's still a lot of uncertainty as to the exact safety and how venues are going to be handling protocol especially with discrepancies between states and how they're handling reopening Um, But writing is definitely going to be at the forefront. We were extremely blessed to um, actually have our first demo session for our LP uh, right before everything hit. Um, It was towards the end of February, and we were able to go out to California and finish about half of the record, writing-wise. So at the forefront of our minds is kind of getting that back half of the record done. Um, so I know we would all love to uh, go back out there with our good friend Zach and get the rest of the album done. I mean, we've been writing demos incessantly and we the tracks are there to finish out the album. Um, it's just sort of setting those dates in stone as everything does start to, to open back up and travel becomes a little bit safer 
um, the ability to sort of find lodging, find accommodations while we're out there. Yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. Um, so for the for the LP, um, are you? Are you writing more of a conceptual album where, you know what I mean, it's it's like one long story, or is this kind of a, a showcase, if you will, on here's all the different things we can do, and we do them well? A little bit of both. Um, with our first EP, we sort of set this general theme of youth um, and the idea of, of youth culture and, and growing up from those, those late teenagers to your early 20s. So still being in our early 20s, we have a very direct tie to those same themes, those same ideas. So I think that theme definitely is going to persist in this next body of work. Um, but I guess at a more more third-party level, you could say, I'm writing more um, from like an omniscient perspective, uh, offering insight on more general stories and maybe even like other people's stories, I guess you could say. Um, as they pertain to those those ideas of, of youth and growing up and the, the things that the youth, per se, are, are speaking out about, are really thinking heavily about these days, um, engaging a little bit more in sociopolitical topics just because they're at the forefront of my mind right now. I think it's it's very hard for me personally to entirely set that sort of thing aside um, and just be uh, a neutral band, right. I guess you could say, um, because they are so heavily on my mind right now. How could I possibly not have something to say about them? And especially witnessing the way that, that everybody is sort of rising up right now, speaking out on Twitter, speaking out on other social medias. It's something that is on everybody's mind outside of my own. Um, so those are... are some general themes we're trying to talk about everything from the environment to uh still tackling that mental health crisis uh over medication lack of support within the mental health industry um these are all themes that i think pertain very heavily to that youth culture right now yeah yeah i would agree with that i would definitely agree with that um so obviously again covid messed up plans um, let's talk a little bit about like your, I guess your goals with the, the new record, you know, we're probably looking at next year before a release or anything at this point, but, um, is the, the plan to release, you know, a single or two beforehand and, and try to get music videos out to, to build hype, or is it going to be one of those, you might get one single and then we're releasing the, the record kind of situations? So really, I would like to get a single out this fall um, with us diving into some more of those uh, controversial topics uh, with the U.S. election coming up. Mm -hmm. I think there are some certain things being said in a couple of these tracks that it would be really beneficial to put in the public gaze um, before that election day comes. Um, so really, it's been on my radar ever since we dropped Won't Be Me a couple weeks ago, or last week. It's been a week only. It feels like a lifetime. Right. Everything blends together. But um, it's been on my radar to get one song in particular out by November. Um, 
I, I've already like drafted a music video treatment for it and everything because I'm just so passionate about this track in particular. Awesome. So from there, then I imagine it, it would follow a pretty standard pattern, you know, another one or two singles in the first couple months of next year. And then ideally an album out uh, around April, right around two years of Timeless Youth um, would be the goal. Yeah. Awesome. Um, the track that you have in mind, obviously we can't dive too deep into it, but um, is that one that has already been recorded and, and mastered with Zach, or is it something that you guys still have to, to get out there to do? Yes, we uh, we did that one back in February, so it's basically done, um, which is why I feel pretty confident in our ability to um, finish it out, uh, finish any additional production, and then, then shoot the video content and the various promo for it. Um, because it, it is, it's essentially finished, uh, lyrically, I'm, I'm happy with it. Musically, we're all very happy with it. It's, uh, a little heavier, a little angrier, um, a little more aggressive. So I think it'll be a great live song too, sort of, uh, an anthem, a rally cry, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, within that, uh, how, I guess, how do you view, um, the, the platform that you have, you know, like obviously you, you want to be true to yourselves and, you know, I, I'm really trying to speak neutrally here cause you know, I, I don't know what your political views are or anything like that, but for, for your platform, do you, do you find yourself kind of towing the line or is it one of those, we're going to be honest to who we are. And if we lose some people over it or gain some people over it, so be it. But at least we were us. So, for me, we, we've never been a political band, and we never want to be a political band. So I'll dive in a little more. With this track in particular, it is environmentally focused okay. primarily. And so the, the thing about the environmental issue is it's not a political issue. It, it's not a matter of your political stance. It's science versus the denial of science. Right. And so for anybody to start denying environmental protections and reversing the strides that have been made um, to progress that in a good direction, it's just absolutely absurd to me why, why somebody would want to openly deny science in that way. Um, so it's, it's not even so much uh, a political issue. And I, I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to, or I don't think we're ever going to harp on political issues in right. particular. Um, anything we do talk about, it's strictly a matter of, of facts and human decency. Awesome. That, I mean, that's about as good of an answer as you can ask for. You know what I mean? Like, nothing against any band that does the, the political statements and stuff. You know, like, I think, like we've said earlier in this, this episode music is such a, a powerful platform and, you know, such a uh, impactful um, space. So, you know, I never want to silence anybody's political views. I just, it's always interesting to see, you know, some people are like, oh yeah, well, I want to say my views, but I'm scared that I'll lose fans. But then if you're not being true to yourself, you know, is it is it worth that trade-off is really kind of where my view was. Exactly. I don't, I, I never want to ostracize people from us as a band or from from the music community in general because of something that we say. Um, but at the end of the day, if 
it's something that I know is going to deeply impact everybody, uh, especially those people that are in the music community. Um, it, it's probably better to openly say something about it. Right, right. I would agree with that. Um, so I don't have a whole lot more for you here, but let's, uh, you know, let's say, God willing or, or whoever, you know, you believe in, that COVID, we get it under control, uh, let's say by August, you know, the end of August, and everything's back open, we're, we're all good to go on stuff. What's kind of the first plans for you? Is it going to be immediately, let's go finish the album? Is it going to be, let's try to sneak a tour in? You know what I mean? Like, I in a perfect world, what would happen? Well, everything sort of happens simultaneously in the music industry. I've slowly but surely found out. Um, so I have a feeling it's going to be that type of deal where I haven't really made any progress for the band in, in three months, haven't really heard or said anything in, in three months. And then suddenly there's a week in there where we lock in a tour, we lock in recording dates, just everything happens right then and there because that's always the way that it seems to go. Um, so I, I have a feeling we, we do definitely want to lock in at least a, a short run of sorts. We do want to get those dates to come together. I do want to, to shoot the video and the content for this song that we've been talking about. Um, and then also on my radar, we do a holiday show every year. It's something we've done for the past three years and just there's always a really nice closer to the year for us. Yeah. Um, so I probably begin talking to some of our peers, some of our friends about getting that together. I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit more of a, a challenge to pull that together this year because the the friends that we have, the the peer artists, there's a lot more uh, there's a lot more contacts to go through. There's a lot more uh, bills to be footed to get them down for that show. Right, right, for sure. Awesome, man. I don't have much more for you. We're going to do. I always try to to wrap up with one or two kind of fun questions, and then we'll we'll go into you know plugging everything and all that. So um, earlier you said you guys kind of grew up around the Warp Tour scene, and I grew up throughout the Warp Tour scene. So let's say that you're you're able to to book a, I'm going to say it's a five band tour, and you get to be the opener, or anywhere on the card, I guess, if you want. But who are the four bands that, like, in a dream world, from Warp Tour specifically, I guess, that you guys would be like, I want this tour. This is always such a hard question for me because I love so much different music and yeah. I, I feel like my answer changes every time and it's ever evolving. Um, definitely Bring Me the Horizon. That is that is hands down going to be our headliner. Um, they've just they've grown in such a way and they've been so consistent with it. Well, consistently inconsistent right. with their music over the course of their career um, that I just, I've always respected them so much. Um, Jeez. Can we throw Halsey on there? Yeah. I mean, she never played Warp Tour, but she's basically a Warp Tour artist. Yeah, she's got that vibe. I'll, I'll allow that. <laughs> That's the music she listens to. That's what she's into. So we'll we'll throw Halsey on there too. Um, probably Paris. I remember going to Warp Tour back in 2013, and they just they had put out one record and were already headlining main stage and were just massive. Yeah. Um, we'll throw a day to remember in there. Um, because I grew up with a date remember. I have a date remember tattoo on my leg. Awesome. Uh, have faith in me, of course. Yeah. But 
Um, and their new record is about to be phenomenal. What a bounce back, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I think we're at four. So are we the are we the fifth band or are we the sixth band? You would be the sixth band. Okay, so for number five, we'll throw we'll throw a sharp tone name in there. It's got to be Don Broco. They're just so innovative with their music. Absolutely love those guys. Yeah, yeah, solid choices, man. Um, I agree. Bring me the horizon. You know, like you said, they're consistently inconsistent, and I think the thing with them that speaks just volumes is every single album seems to be different like a different genre even and somehow they still master it you know what i mean like there's no like oops we slipped it's we're going this direction and we're going to kill it every single time that is that is a band that has always been true to themselves and to nobody else they make the music that they want to make and i respect the hell out of them for that yeah yeah absolutely all right, so then the, the last question that we're going to do, um, you know, let's say, again, COVID goes away. What's the very first thing that you would do as far as independent travel? So money's no object. Where would you just love to go see to get away from, from all the crap that we've dealt with for 2020 and just be able to relax? Um, I have been really... Um, enticed by the idea of doing Route 66 all the way from east to west. It's a trip I've been wanting to make for a long time, and I just love the the historical culture of that road. Um, So I think probably a a road trip down Route 66 uh, would be the first thing on the radar. It's honestly something I've been been thinking about for, uh, for a time anyway. So who knows? I might actually make that trip happen. We'll we'll see. Yeah, that one's probably cheaper than what most people say. So the few times I've asked that, I've gotten like, you know, I'm going to go backpack through Europe or I would do, you know, like the Bahamas or whatever, the the standard touristy style answer. But I I like that, man. Just be able to to get out on the road, listen to music and just go. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but... I've sort of had this other thing in my head where I want the first time, so I've never been outside of the U.S. besides Canada, um, and I kind of want the first time that I experience most other countries to be on tour, Um, because all my bandmates, they haven't experienced those countries either. I think they've only uh, been within North America. Yeah. Um, So if we were to just all sort of experience those overseas countries together, and take in that culture for the first time as a unit, that's how I'd really want to do it. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a solid answer. That I, two years ago, uh, went out of the country to Ireland for the first time ever. Uh, it was my first time out of the country, other than, like you said, up to, to Canada. But, you know, no offense, Canada. You're not that far from, from the U.S. Um, but, you know, like, that trip to Ireland was, I mean, it was insane, like, I went by myself. It was just kind of one of those, I needed a vacation. I finally had enough money to do it and spent the time self-reflecting. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about on the Route 66 side of it for you. But um, it was just so, like, I, I can't speak enough about Ireland specifically and just the beauty and the history that's there. And it, it was incredible. And so, yeah, to, to go with a group of friends, like you're saying, with the band and be able to hit you know all the major cities but then still be able to see all the stuff along the way is would be an incredible uh, opportunity there so Most certainly. yeah so uh for the for the last 
however long it takes you. Um, <laughs> go ahead and let's let's plug anything you want to plug. Tell fans anything you want to tell them. Um, obviously, we'll link all your socials and stuff like that too. But go ahead and put out there, you know, just whatever you want to put out. Yeah, if we're linking the socials already, uh, I guess I'll say them anyway. It's uh, at Telltale RBA for all of our handles. Um, self plug. I'm hello John Carter on Twitter and John Carter online on Instagram. Should probably make those one and the same, but haven't gotten around to it. Um, go follow uh, 350.org for climate change um, as my personal favorite uh, climate change website, page, whatever have you. Um, go follow Greta Thunberg. Um, she is a young voice who's trying to speak out and I've been uh, following very closely lately. And of course, go follow Black Lives Matter. Keep supporting that. I know it's kind of a, a token statement at this point and everybody's already heard it, but I, I feel like it still needs to be said. If you're, if you're not already following along with that narrative, make sure you're involving yourself. And I think that's uh, that's about it as far as the, the shameless plugs. Oh, go follow Sharp Tone Records, our record label. They're some wonderful individuals, and they do a great business over there and have helped us throughout all of our processes. They, they deserve your follow as well. Yeah, awesome. I'm a big fan of them over there, too. I think they, they've got a great eye for up-and-coming talent, and, and just it seems like their, their team is really well put together on how to best leverage uh, the artists that, that they do uh, bring in and whatnot. Absolutely. They, uh, they've been here for us since day one, and just the roster that they've built out is absolutely incredible between holding absence and recently adding our, our hometown heroes, you could say, broadside. Yeah, yeah. It's been so, great to watch them develop. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So that's everything I've got this this episode for us. Um, you know, definitely, you know, we'll be keeping an eye on the new record as as news and singles come out for that. Um, and hopefully, when you get out on tour, uh, we'll be able to to make it to a show, do some photography, and maybe have another uh, conversation. I I would absolutely love that. It's really been a pleasure talking to you. This has uh, been very refreshing. Uh, so I'll be looking forward to the next time. Awesome, man. I appreciate your time. Um, you know, definitely we'll, we'll make sure that you guys get all the links and everything too. And, um, we're, we're going to blast your, your single and anything you guys release, we'll, we'll put it on blast for you. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for that. It, it really means a lot. Yeah. Not a problem, man. Thanks for your time. Take care. You too. Bye. And that was my conversation with John Carter of Telltale. Um, really hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Um, hope that, you know, you'll, you'll check them out. Obviously, as always, we're going to have links in the description to their social medias and things like that. If you are on the website or even if you're not head over to the website in this podcast episode on the website, there will be a link to, uh, their, their music video for won't be me. Um, we'll actually have it embedded in there as well. Um, but yeah, definitely need to put these guys on your radar. If you're a fan of, of any sort of pop punk, um, kind of 
little bit of pop rock style. Um, you know, the, the genres are so fluid nowadays, it's hard to, to really pin anybody into a box. But um, these guys are definitely a sound that I think is unique enough that it's going to sound familiar to some extent, but with their own unique twist on everything. And it's, it's really cool. Um, and again, you know, super nice guys. We talked about the mental health in the episode. You guys heard that. And, you know, for him to kind of start the group conversation around helping each other within their own band's community, um, you know, their own band fan base and things like that to, kind of try to build support system for those that are struggling with mental health and and their daily struggles it was really cool to hear that you know it, it's a prominent um, concern of theirs and you know it's something that they they want to better um, but yeah that's everything I've got for you guys this week we've got a lot of really cool episodes coming up soon Um several that have already been recorded, some that we're scheduling, but definitely have some awesome, awesome artists coming on the show. And I think you guys are in for, for some really cool uh, opportunities to find new bands and maybe some artists that you didn't know about or wouldn't have known about right away. Um, you know, that's that's one of my goals is to bring you guys new music as well as the the music that you're already familiar with and and fans of. But... Um, like John said, you know, you kind of have to take in, uh, the, the politics and things like that. You know, we're, we're not trying to make any special statements or anything like that about, um, anything really kind of like he said, you know, we've, we've got our beliefs and, and they have theirs and you guys have yours and, um, that doesn't have to be such a division like it is um, in so many aspects of life. So definitely um, in the description, I'll have a link to the organization that he was talking about there at the end that he gave a shout out to. Um, and yeah, I, I encourage you guys to do a little bit of research yourselves on, on the stuff and um, see if it's something that interests you. But to end the episode... What we are going to do is play Won't Be Me by Telltale. Remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.